It was really hard for me to find a job when I first got here. And going to the skate park one day, I got a job. They're they're out there rolling around. They're professional chefs mm-hmm. and, and welders and tradesmen. Mm-hmm. They're all out there. Yep. I, I stepped up. I did not want to miss a day. Like, they mm-hmm. offered me a job. I wanted to be, you know, I'm mm-hmm. still friends with those people to this mm-hmm. day. They support me, and I try to support as much as possible. to Sustaining Craft, the podcast all about the stories of those in the creative field or industry. I'm Elizabeth Silverstein, and I have my guest today, Matthew Castellano. Hi, Matthew. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. What do you do, Matthew? Well, right now, um, I'm a professional artist. I was a culinary chef for about three, four years when I first got to Little Rock. Now I'm working retail at an art store that um, I think I'm going to be at for a long time. I really enjoy it, but also running a gallery called Gallery 360. Okay. This is the beginning of it. <laughs> awesome. And you, when did Gallery 360 start? Gallery 360 has been around since the ACAC stopped being around. Um, it was around before I even knew about it. And then when I got involved in 2013, I started to poke my head around a little more and found, you know, try to do shows and curate and learn, volunteer. And then I became more of a repetitive figure there. And now I finally took over. <laughs> you know, it was mine. So mm-hmm. it, it took a while, but it. It happened, you know, it's just my idea, my vision now, my dreams to do it. So So you have a few things going on. You make your own art, you work at a store, and then you do the gallery. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm all around busy kind of person. You know, uh, you just can't make art nowadays. You have to make income. And so I wanted to learn more about art and get out of the kitchen because my, you know, hours were terrible. And at three, out at midnight, you know, and there's no way you can have a relationship with art that way. Um, so I got a job at an art supply store and learned more about the supply side of things. It really helped me push into professional ability. And I'm still uncomfortable saying that I'm a professional artist, but <laughs> I'm getting better at it. Yes, just own it. Yeah. So you you moved from Florida. Did you grow up in Florida? Yes, I spent 23 years in South Florida okay. and grew up there and learned about art and skateboarding all throughout you know, South Florida. And of course, my friends were all wonderful artists and skateboarders, and it just kind of stayed with me. Okay. Kind of kept that mentality throughout my creative endeavors across the country. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so you grew up skateboarding and oh, making yeah. art. What what type of art did you make? You well, first it was, um, of course, drawing in sketchbooks. You know, kind of copying fantasy drawings. You would see a lot of uh, a lot of the cards off of Magic the Gathering. You know, or skateboarding art culture, a lot of Santa Cruz screaming hands and weird stuff and shoes, <laughs> um, but it got to the point where it was uh, kind of paint pens on grip tape, and a lot of people get that, <laughs> yeah, because you can get the paint pens at Walmart by then, and, mm-hmm. and draw on your grip tape, and it was, for some reason, that was a thing. And what, what's grip tape? It's the sandpaper, the adhesive sandpaper on top of the skateboard okay. that allows you to grip the board with your shoes like the rubber all right yeah so you combined both of those interests to yeah yeah and, and you personalize your skateboard and you go out and skate and people like it or they don't like it and you know it's your board mm-hmm. you know and, and then they kind of you know it became a thing it's like putting stickers on your skateboard on the bottom you know mm-hmm. you put kind of a character or a drawing or your name across the top kind of thing okay yeah almost graffiti okay. but not 
Mm-hmm. You know, almost yeah. like a hand style, but you know, like a tag or something, but not. It mm-hmm. was just more. It's legal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yours. You know, it's, yeah. you take it with you and you kind of see it in the back of the car when all, all your friend skateboards are all stacked together. Mm-hmm. So it was starting to stand out more that I was getting from one little part of my skateboard to the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You couldn't see any grip tape after a while. <laughs> so. Oh, that's awesome. So did you go educational route with your art? What did you... No, no, I was uh, stubborn, and mm-hmm. I wanted to skateboard instead mm-hmm. of go to school. Um, I wanted to be a TV production, radio production person. Okay. That didn't really pan out for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't have a good experience with my community college down there. Mm-hmm. And because it was full of the kids I went to high school with, and it was just, mm, yeah. Hard to take it seriously. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't for me. Um, I'd rather get my hands dirty kind of thing, mm-hmm. be out there. And I was learning a lot with video, like video through filming, skateboarding and stuff, mm-hmm. and as much as I could. Yeah. And then, you know, the interest just kind of, like going to school was not happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, it's not for everybody. No, no, and, and, and it... Um, I'm looking towards it now, mm-hmm. you know, looking at it now, like maybe I should uh, go back and figure mm-hmm. out something, but um, the the creative aspect, uh, I can see where I can go now and mm-hmm. be like, yeah, I can go to the art classes now and not feel like I didn't want to do this or do that. Like, I would love to do that now. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's, you know, later on is my time. Yeah. And that reminds me of Diane Harper and, and Robert Bean as well, because they both went to school a little bit later yes. in life, especially yeah. Diane. I really had to figure out what I wanted to do with myself. Skateboarding is not the most clear mm-hmm. uh, beacon mm-hmm. for someone, for a career back then. Mm-hmm. Now it's a, an Olympic sport. <laughs> it's going to be in the Olympics in 2020. So oh, now wow. it's like, well, there's a whole training regiment and yeah. do this and you mm-hmm. make a career out of it. That yeah, was not around. <laughs> My mom cried. <laughs> so, um, so I did, I had to put more into art, and mm-hmm. I just kept going back to it, and mm-hmm. it started to really click here in Little Rock. Okay. So, while you were still in Florida, is that when you moved into the culinary field? How did that happen? I got into the hospitality field. Okay. And I got my first job was at an IHOP washing dishes, and not the best situation. So I kind of looked for a better situation. I got to a Marriott in Key Largo. And, you know, before then was like, you know, picking fruit and other things that were just kind of side jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, but the hospitality really opened me up to being less shy and talking mm-hmm. to people and, you know, becoming a bellhop and then being a front desk person and then, you know, realizing I could talk to people. Mm-hmm. It made it a little bit easier to get into the retail aspects of a small specialty store and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, it was kind of fun. And then I got here, it was more corporate. Okay. So Heifer International, FIS, uh, L'Oreal Maybelline out there, Prethro Junction, and like uh, oh, so many more, mm-hmm. <laughs> so many more kitchens. Mm-hmm. I was all over the place. Yeah. And so the question you've been answering a lot: What brought you to Little Rock? <laughs> well, well, my grandfather and my grandmother, who's passed now, my granddad's still here. And he lives up outside of Harrison, Arkansas, near the Buffalo. He wanted to retire and be close to the Buffalo National Park. And he worked for the Buffalo National Park for a while. And I visited in, like, 94 as a kid. And I stayed the whole summer, and it was a blast. I, like, I loved Arkansas because it was a you know mystery. Mm-hmm. Never saw somewhere with rivers. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm used to oceans. You know, mm-hmm. and, and never really saw a river, river. I saw creeks and springs, but nothing like the buffalo. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of, you know, at awe about it. And then I kind of left for a while in Florida in like 2010, 11. And then I got down here to Little Rock and I 
was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I found out they were skateboarding here, and it's not, it's really good. Little Rock is a really good skateboarding town. Oh, really? That's yeah. something I have not, I haven't, yeah. I haven't been here that long, admittedly. It's, but It's really weird for skateboarders to say that, because we can go around and look at things a lot differently. Mm-hmm. It's like secret information everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. But our downtown is so compressed and compacted that it has what we call spots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's real interesting that a lot of companies, when they tour across the country, they don't really talk about Little Rock too much, but they have a lot of stuff in Little Rock. You see mm. a lot of the same stuff, and you're like, ah. You know, a lot of Canis uh, Park is famous from the 82 Bowl, 86, I think. Okay. Um, and then the park has been built up around it by hand. Mm-hmm. Then the city, in some grant thing, I think from Coca-Cola, gave them a better professional end of the park, but mm-hmm. that's right. I mean, it's right behind my gallery. Oh, <laughs> so okay. it's kind of tied in. It's like very, that's where I... Mm-hmm. kind of learned and met people here and became part of the skateboarding scene but also you know the art scene because mm-hmm. the gallery was always right there mm-hmm. I kind of made it easier to, to like yeah let's go over there mm-hmm. <laughs> so, kind yeah. of transition what is it about skateboarding for you because it's usually I would assume that people grow out of it maybe I've always had a physical aspect like dance or movement you know mm-hmm. to get out and be active and be creative but it was the fact that no one, I didn't have to be on a team, mm-hmm. and everybody had their own thing going on, so mm-hmm. we can just hang out. I don't think I had anything in common with my friends growing up, but skateboarding. Okay. I don't think we had any background, likeness, nothing. Mm-hmm. Music, t- nothing. None, mm-hmm. of the, none of us were the same. We just mm-hmm. all skateboarded, mm-hmm. and that just kind of prepared me to be in different places with different people. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was like, yeah, I don't, like, you don't have to like you, but I can skate with you, you know, yeah. <laughs> like kind of thing. And that's fine because we all get down on skateboarding and mm-hmm. we care for it and we're happy that mm-hmm. we're progressing in that. And mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a almost a martial art, but you have to go back to it, to center yourself, to go back and deal with the mm-hmm. rest of it. Every once in a while, I have to be out there and do it for a day. I pay for it mm-hmm. <laughs> physically now, but it's rewarding just the same. Okay. Yeah. So it's the dis- there's discipline in it. Yes. And there's technical aspects to yep. it. And then there's a sense of community. Yep. Okay. And overcoming any physical thing, you know, mm-hmm. because you have, you to, have get to get up off mm-hmm. the ground. And, and it's frustrating because, mm-hmm. especially me, I've been in it for more than like 15 years, I think. Wow. So mm-hmm. me not doing something as simple as something I used to do five years ago mm-hmm. is really hard on me. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, because um, every once in a while I can't ollie up something or jump up something, and it's mm-hmm. just like it hurts my soul. <laughs> uh, is it a pride thing? It's, it's, um... it's not a pride thing, but okay. it's like, wow, I have to do more squats or something mm-hmm. or like take care of myself mm-hmm. more because it's getting worse uh, every time I go out because mm-hmm. there's, there's more time in between. Mm-hmm. Cause you have so much other things going on. I'm now. just, yeah, I'm just not on the board every day like I used mm-hmm. to be. And I used to just walk around, like I used to walk around like mm-hmm. walk miles a day just oh, wow. just because you mm-hmm. know to get exercise and ride a bike mm-hmm. all that stuff kind of went to the wayside when the art took over because mm-hmm. it was just kind of going through the motions and you know and yeah. getting myself ready for the next day mm-hmm. now it's like I have to draw and stuff so I get to sit all the time yeah. <laughs> it's too comfy <laughs> yeah 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 pushing yourself can yeah. be difficult yeah <laughs> So and the, so, there's something about skateboarding, obviously, then for it to become an Olympic sport, that dedication and the focus. Yeah, is... it it definitely changed um, for the past couple of years. When I first started, you know, nobody wanted to talk to us because mm-hmm. we had our skateboards, you know, and no one cared. Mm-hmm. It was a the third time it became a fad. Mm-hmm. You know, it was um, you know happened in the 70s, happened in the 80s, and like mid 90s, it was something else. It mm-hmm. became something so strong 
and it didn't need a big attention. And then all of a sudden, early 2000, it blew up. Mm-hmm. It became this big thing with Bam Margera and all the Tony Hawk pro skater mm-hmm. games. And, and then it fell again a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then now it's it's going back into this whole... I think 70% of the skateboard companies are run out of a garage. Yeah, wow. And there used to be big warehouses and corporations, and mm-hmm. now it's they, they can't really hang on. These mm-hmm. little little companies. So and that shows that the creative aspect of skateboarding is alive, mm-hmm. and it will ever forever change and keep changing mm-hmm. into something else. You know. So. Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of work going into changing the perspective on it because it used to be thought of like, well, you're just slacking off or you're mm-hmm. not. You know, but that there's a dedication there to show up at the skateboard park yeah. every day. Yeah, every day. I mean, it's just like, uh, you know, uh, football practice. You mm-hmm. know, after school, you're there for I don't know how many hours you practice football, but skateboarding, it's you're out there under the streetlight, mm-hmm. you know, and probably not the best part of town or in the parking lot somewhere or in your room on your mattress flipped over so your parents mm-hmm. won't hear you. Like, it's, <laughs> it gets you and mm-hmm. it stays with you. And I think that's what happened with art as well because mm-hmm. it runs both the same. Mm-hmm. You know? That's so fascinating. I mean, yeah, I've never heard of a parallel between skateboarding and making art before. Oh, no, it, it's out there. I mean, there's um, Jason Lee, who's a famous actor. He was a pro skateboarder, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then he made his own company and was able to balance acting, being mm-hmm. a professional actor and skateboarder, mm-hmm. and starting the company back up again. And it's 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 out there. There's so many artists that are involved. There's Mark Gonzalez, mm-hmm. who's like he just turned 50 and mm-hmm. he's, he's still out there running around and on a skateboard. And mm-hmm. he's well known for his art, where he's doing museum shows. Mm-hmm. So that's and he he was a skateboarder. So mm-hmm. it was like, oh, here's my avenue. Yeah, this is where I feel comfortable and how I'm gonna be able to maneuver myself into my own creative style mm-hmm. so. and there's a high level of, of risk with both right absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm definitely afraid of uh, I've hit my head a few times by myself okay. you know okay. especially mm-hmm. on 7th Street Hill right mm-hmm. there by Children's Hospital going home I went down the hill one day just getting home thinking it was the faster route mm-hmm. and I you know got this what they call speed wobbles mm-hmm. it's going too mm-hmm. fast and I flew out and hit my head real bad oh, and wow. there was nobody around mm-hmm. so I had to walk about a mile home Wow. Like a concussion? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. probably a concussion. I ripped off some of my tattoo on my arm, which was Ooh. interesting. Oh, no. Yeah. Can you replace that? If it's well, you can, out? but I wouldn't. It's a good okay. story. Okay. It's yeah. one of those things that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where I kind of took that into perspective. Like, yeah, I mm-hmm. probably shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I should probably think about doing something else. Mm-hmm. That being my sixth concussion. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because okay. I've hit my head many of times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you don't wear helmets when you skateboard. Not, in, not intentionally. It's not okay. like I'm, I'm not going for broke. Mm-hmm. I just, these are just accidents that happen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, things you couldn't have prepared for. No, mm-hmm. yeah, and if, if I had a helmet, yeah, of course I wouldn't have the concussion, but also mm-hmm. I wouldn't learn a lesson. Mm-hmm. So it's a give and mm-hmm. take thing. <laughs> yeah, and with the art, I imagine it's the emotional aspects. So you have the physicality of the skateboarding, and yeah. then with art, it's that emotional risk yes. that's happening. Yeah, um, especially because of my own style. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to do a realistic style or an abstract style. This mm-hmm. is definitely something I've cultivated over the past five years and gone through emotional stress and mm-hmm. work stress and all that stuff and it was used as a vehicle to better my situation and understand mm-hmm. the world around me mm-hmm. so now it's it was a lot of blood and a lot of black and white and red mm-hmm. now it's a lot of this color and ex- like just exploring mm-hmm. a lot of sustainability like they're wearing mm-hmm. a lot of like my characters like to wear a lot of clothes that represent their attitudes and mm-hmm. fabrics and patterns and kind of getting into weird little cultures, mm-hmm. <laughs> making my own little 
like world. Yeah, world building. Yeah, mm. that's a, it's, that's another fascinating parallel then too is the journey over time as you grow and develop or age as a person. Yes. You know, how does that affect what you can do? Absolutely, and I feel like I, I, I idolize like uh, Richard Scarry a lot just mm-hmm. for the sheer fact that he built this world, mm-hmm. the busy world, and it made so much sense to me as a kid. Mm-hmm. And then growing older, it's like this art style. I can break down his art style now. I kind of have a kindred spirit with that, being like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's, that's exactly what I want to do, but mm-hmm. of course my own way, and um, all the illustrators, I'm finding more and more illustrators as I get older, and I'm referring to them as like, this is, oh okay, this is how you do this, and mm-hmm. it's just, it makes me feel like I'm on the right path. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that takes time, because like Richard Scarry, his art format seems a little more simplistic, but it ta- yeah. it's difficult to be consistent, even if it's a right. simplistic style. Yeah, you and know? you don't want to fall into the niche, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't want to be like, that's all I do, because mm-hmm. it's not all I do. I'm very much um, a printmaker mm-hmm. on top of illustration and, you know, curating and music and mm-hmm. art. I just want to be able to make things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't want to be hindered by, by my character. I just want to be able to use that when I want to, but also push forward in other things. Mm-hmm. So what I've noticed this past year was figure drawing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Figure drawing is something I need to get into more and I need to explore more because it will bring another dimension to my work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, finding people like Robert Bean and, and like, that's my end to figure drawing because he inspires me to do more. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of his, his figures are closer to realistic than mine. But, but I like to like, okay, that's, it's challenging mm-hmm. so I need to I need to find more shapes and find uh, different angles and stuff yeah that, that brings up another good point there's always a way to push yourself mm-hmm. in life and especially with art because being an artist is a very different thing than being a curator or yeah. owning your own gallery yeah. those are two different things even though they work really well together yeah it, it works well but also you have to separate it because mm-hmm. you have to look at art not under your own filter but under a curator's filter which is a very open world of art you have to have abstracts and illustrations in the same kind of mindset. Like, how do they work together? If they work together, like, you have to accept them as art no matter what. You can't be closed-minded at all about curating, especially in Little Rock right now. Because mm-hmm. I feel like some some of the curating could happen. It could cut a lot of people out and it disfranchises some mm-hmm. from trying to get out there. So that's mm-hmm. why I think Gallery 360's uh, mission is to bring in some of those emerging artists and give them a show or professional development mm-hmm. to try to get them on the right path because that's what they did for me unknowingly. Mm-hmm. But now it's knowing that I want to do that for others. Mm-hmm. That's the whole mm-hmm. point of this gallery for a year. Okay. And I want to be able to move it to downtown, like closer downtown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, galleries seem kind of elitist. Yes. And they cater oh, yeah. to certain artists and they it's the mindset on, well, what's going to make us money and what's going to be, mm-hmm. what's going to kind of push this up to this, so they, they gotta they gotta have somewhere they gotta yeah. keep the lights on yeah. and they're doing the work they're a lot of gallery owners and curators are the ones that know the people that buy art that collect art mm-hmm. they are comfortable coming to them to buy art or they want to ask who's this artist or you know mm-hmm. they, they have questions and they don't want to deal with asking all these different people or doing all the search so mm-hmm. they ask one person and they trust in that person mm-hmm. um, I also want that responsibility but I also want to get people interested in doing that and showing themselves um, representing themselves a little more so they don't have to always go to that one person like they can go direct to the artist or talk to the artist and the artist feels more inclined to go out to art walks mm-hmm. and talk about their work mm-hmm. or 
say, oh, I'm an artist, you know? Yeah. I'd be a little more okay with that. Mm-hmm. It's still hard for me, and it's weird. Because, yes. I don't know, like, uh, you know, Diane was always like, no, you're a professional artist. Yeah. <laughs> you got to say it. She mm-hmm. made me say it a bunch. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you start to accept it. Yeah. And that's a good point, too, is you don't you don't always have what you need to be successful right away. That's right. a journey, too. Of like, yeah. all right, I got to get to this point. But art right. does tend to exist in isolation a lot of the times because yeah. it's such a personal thing. Sure. And I did it for a long time just for myself. And then until people really started to like it and say, oh, these are awesome. Mm-hmm. I always did some other things. Like my personal drawings were mine. But mm-hmm. there were some, always some other things that I was doing that was kind of art that was more friendly. Mm-hmm. Like uh, patches or some little things like screen printing stuff that, you know, it was easy to break the ice and be like, mm-hmm. here you go. Mm-hmm. And that made me more open to talking about art with other people but they still haven't seen this whole personal side of my stuff and then that started to come out more mm-hmm. and then now it's where it is now okay. and they kind of people see it and they're like oh i know that mm-hmm. so it's kind of fun to do yeah because yeah. the art itself is a signature yeah people can recognize that yeah and i kind of I, I really like that and again it comes from skateboarding mm-hmm. like there's so many more artists that are you know, they're recognized by the repetition, so they just know exactly who that artist is when they see it, mm-hmm. and then that's awesome. So I didn't think that it was going to be that, but it formed into something like that, mm-hmm. and I could change it and manipulate it a little bit more different, but still, they like it. Yeah. I'm like, all right. I love that. You know, the parallels, again, between skateboarding and the artistic world is that you're an individual with your own style and flair and way of doing stuff, but then there's also this community that you're cultivating as well. Yeah. And that's another thing with the gallery and all that. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to incorporate um, the local skateboard culture and the local entrepreneurs because mm-hmm. there is about four or five skateboard companies out of Little Rock that mm-hmm. are trying to find out how to survive without a real skate shop because we don't have a you know a solid skate shop. Mm-hmm. We we've had in the past, and it's a shame that we don't have them anymore. But it's it's one of those things where I think I could at least get them into the same room and do a skateboard show mm-hmm. in the future mm-hmm. i want to be able to have like an expo you know mm-hmm. kind of like a trade show but only for little rock you know mm-hmm. in a weird way like yeah. a small one yeah. and then come to find out that they you know there's a guy here in north little rock uh who's made professional skateboards mm-hmm. out of his warehouse okay. throughout the 80s he made all of like you know i was is he still here making skateboards and, you know, he shipped them all around the country, if not internationally, in mm-hmm. the like, uh, 80s and early 90s. Mm. So it's like, there's a lot of history for skateboarding in Little Rock. And yeah. I was like, that is cool. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know it. So I was kind of, like, surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not, like, something you can really Google and find easily. No, but if you did, you would you wouldn't have, you would be a board nerd. You mm-hmm. know, you would, you would definitely be into skateboarding and know exactly. But, mm-hmm. again, that was out of my age range. Mm-hmm. I really just liked skateboarding. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about board manufacturers or, you know, people that did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't even know how they were made for a long time and mm-hmm. then kind of realized it. And kind of, you know, it was like, wow. Like really? Little Rock has a lot of secrets. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they're it good. Does. They're good secrets. You know, they're, yeah. they're they're cultural, like super awesome secrets. Mm-hmm. You know, like a, yeah, it, <laughs> it's so hard to find them unless you just stumble upon the right person because it's these little clusters of communities that mm-hmm. are a little difficult to break into. It was really hard for me to find a job when I first got here. Same. Yeah. And going to the skate park one day, I got a job. Oh wow. So mm-hmm. they're they're out there rolling around. They're professional chefs mm-hmm. and and welders and tradesmen. Mm-hmm. They're all out there, just trying to 
do the same thing people do when they go play basketball or something. Mm-hmm. Just hang out. <laughs> Networking, but not like, yeah. just it's community. It's yep, I stepped up. I did not want to miss a day. Like they mm-hmm. offered me a job, I wanted to be. You know, I'm mm-hmm. still friends with those people to this mm-hmm. day. They support me, and I try to support as much as possible. Yeah. And really, it's just a I felt more of a community here than I did ever in Florida, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Like I had some really good friends in Florida that I miss, but they they're not there anymore. You know, they're, they've all moved out or, you know, moved north Florida and, you know, they try to get out of South Florida. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody tries to leave. <laughs> Everyone tries to leave at least once. Um, it's, it's one of those things where I don't, I don't want to go back kind mm-hmm. of thing. If I go back, it's, it's going to be weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sounds like Little Rock's your home now. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. I, I have roots here now, so... Mm-hmm. What what mediums, Matthew, do you tend to work in? I did uh, for a long time acrylic, like on wood or canvas, you know. And then when I started working at Art Outfitters, I definitely found watercolor on paper with, uh, like, it's a mixed media thing. I do a lot of watercolor, ink, and then some other inks on top of that, sometimes mm-hmm. acrylic paint on top of that. Mm-hmm. But definitely watercolor. I have mm-hmm. fallen in love with it. I've been doing watercolors for about a year, maybe two years now. Okay. And it's an, it's the bulk of my work now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it becomes more fun. Uh, I can get the textures and the design, and the softness mm-hmm. and the brightness of all the colors. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of a sucker for watercolor, so I started collecting all the different colors. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So I have like a lot Pokemon. of watercolor now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, gotta catch them all. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so uh, Gallery Three Sixty. How did that? all starts with it's been around before yes and how did you find out about it i was invited to do a show with jose hernandez and everett g and we decided to do um since we're all kind of we're all different styles of art completely different styles of art um comic um you have a muralist and you have um me which is kind of a wild card i didn't know where i i was doing textile at the time and i was doing some illustration and then i did a moving wood thing okay. so I was all over the for that one um, but Jay invited us to show there and it was a success you know we had a lot of, a lot of people turn out we had the music scene out and we had people play music there and it was just it kind of was like this is exactly what I moved here for this is exactly what I wanted to do so it took a while but I got into doing the ice boxes with Jay and, and finally I got a studio down there Mm-hmm. And then I had the solo show last year in July. I think it was this year in July. Uh, I'm having a. Well, okay. <laughs> You've had six concussions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it was July. I had a solo show at the Lehman Library in Argenta. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't need a studio because I got all my big work out of the way. Mm-hmm. But then that's when the gallery started to be like, we're going to move. We're going to move out of the building. Mm-hmm. If you want to do this, we have to find another spot. And then that got me all, you know, jumbled, and I didn't know what to think about it. And then he said, we're not moving. And I was like, I want this space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is, it's time. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm just doing it from November to November of 2019, and hopefully by the end of 2019, it would be completely concrete. Because mm-hmm. I want to try it for a year and make sure. And I didn't want to bring anybody else down, <laughs> so I wanted to do it pretty much on my own back. Mm-hmm. I did the GoFundMe for it, mm-hmm. and I had a lot better of a response than I thought I've ever had, so... I have to do it now. Yeah. So it's like, yes, yeah. <laughs> I get to do it and I have to do it. So mm-hmm. it makes it work. So there's this purpose behind it. Mm-hmm. It's really the community. I have to give back somehow. Mm-hmm. I can't become famous by myself mm-hmm. if that's ever a thing. You know, everybody else around me needs that because I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had good people 
help out and things happened, but they didn't happen for, they just happened. They didn't happen with a goal in mind. Mm -hmm. This has a goal in mind. Everyone that gets the show here are, is going to learn how to be an artist by mm -hmm. the end of their show. <laughs> I'm going to make them know it. Yeah. <laughs> and that way they, they're sh stronger about going into other places and being represented. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, gallerists and people that represent don't want to have to deal with people that don't know. Mm. It's a lot of work on their end. They're educating. Yeah. So if they come in and they're completely perfect, mm -hmm. then they have nothing but good you know, roads ahead of them. Yeah. So even the smallest things like not putting your information on the back of your piece is detrimental sometimes mm -hmm. you know because you never know that could be a sale or yeah. that could be you're, you're never going to see that piece again because mm -hmm. it can get lost and who knows mm -hmm. i had one piece stranded in texarkana one time <laughs> they, they were very nice <laughs> they're very nice <laughs> so i say there's a lot of things that i could pass on and i didn't have that so i learned the hard way and i would not want anybody else to learn that way because it doesn't make you a better artist mm -hmm. it just makes you realize that you're alone <laughs> yeah. a lot more in mm -hmm. art and that shouldn't happen. Yeah. You should be able to create art and feel like there's a group of people that will help you, mm. that you can turn to. Again, that community. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have that a lot mm -hmm. growing up. So, because yeah. our community in South Florida is very, is very overpopulated, mm -hmm. and of course people move away, and mm -hmm. it's a big city. Yeah. You turn around, and you go. Where I was, there was a small thing, but just to, just to tell you how big it was, I I hung out with a completely different group in high school, and an hour later, I was hanging out with a whole different group of people, <laughs> like every day for like four years you know uh, uh, yeah so it was different yeah it was a completely different situation mm -hmm. here it's like these people are around and they, you can see them progressing and the arts and man there's so many artists here that don't have that yet mm -hmm. and i want to see them progress yeah i just want to see more yeah like growth because at yeah. the core of it it's, you're growing as a person local growth yeah instead of uh how do i do this about stepping on toes like corporate growth i don't want to yeah. see arts coming in from out of town yet mm -hmm. i want to see the locals get a chance and find okay. a formula first and then they can bring in the out of town mm -hmm. like big muralists and stuff but yeah. there's a lot of great local artists here that need that because mm -hmm. it is income and yeah. they are given back to the economy of the city by mm -hmm. you know the city's paying them they they pay their bills yeah it works out mm -hmm. but i just um I'm going to be an advocate for that i'm going to be kind of a stickler in some sides and be like hey you should try this artist yeah you know and I just, all I want to do is I want to be the, the person they go to, like mm -hmm. maybe a consultant maybe in yeah. the future. <laughs> mm -hmm. so. Yeah, open up the horizons and think beyond what, you know, a Google search can do for you. Right, like or, you know, a, a, just your Instagram feed. Mm -hmm. it's, it's bigger than that. Yeah. You know, it's bigger than the social media here. There's a huge community. And I had to I had to go around and ask. Mm -hmm. and that's the hardest. Like, it's a lot of work to do, but mm -hmm. not for me. I don't think so. I think it's just part of it. Mm -hmm. So I these, these artists uh, that need... A lot of attention this mm -hmm. year. 19 is going to be Little Rock's year for local artists. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I love that mission. Yeah. So you've spent the last year, along with everything else that you're doing, just getting the gallery to a spot where you can do the shows? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, we put a wall in the middle of it. So we have two different galleries. On the one side is Arkansas Glassworks, which mm -hmm. is Jay King. Okay. And then he has Gleanings, which is a gallery designed for upcycled art and recycled mm -hmm. art. So it was a lot of his friends and artists that he's um, inspired by. Yeah. So it's a lot of the found stuff that they find and then they make stuff out of it. So it's mm -hmm. really cool. It's a really cool aspect. He's always wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to do more of the contemporary stuff, the modern contemporary stuff, and mm -hmm. work with younger artists and brands and skateboard companies, clothing companies, uh, mm -hmm. to do pop-ups. And we changed the gallery multiple times. We I 
got the lights to work for the LED, so we mm -hmm. can use the gel lights, so we can change the colors. Yeah, you know? yeah. The wall, fun. the wall is uh, we texturized it, so it, mm -hmm. it kind of it looks great. Yeah. You know, and I I really like being down there. I get to go down there today. Ah, yeah. <laughs> your face yeah. just lit up. That yeah. was very cute. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I haven't been down there in days because I've been mm -hmm. under the weather a little yeah. bit. But uh, there's a new sticker on the window now, no. thanks to Jose. You know, mm -hmm. it's been uh, it was a gift kind of thing. I'm mm -hmm. just flabbergasted about it. You know? Yeah, so people are seeing your vision and helping you move Absolutely. forward. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, some people I didn't even know like uh, donated to the GoFundMe. I just mm -hmm. again I'm elated about mm -hmm. it. Like I can't be more thankful um, mm -hmm. about it because I had this vision, and you can have dreams all day, mm -hmm. but until someone like shares that dream, mm -hmm. it's just a dream. Yeah. But now it's like I sit in there and I'm just like, oh, this is so awesome. Mm -hmm. And I was able to pay my rent for two months without even getting into the GoFundMe money mm -hmm. because I've been working hard on it, like mm -hmm. making sure that these formulas work and these equations work with it. So mm -hmm. I'm learning every day with it. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. And you've been able to have some some events there so far. Yeah. Um, but not a whole show yet. Not a whole show, okay. show yet. Um, I've been saving up for Icebox. We've had a pop-up that did really well. We've had pop-ups in the past that did mm -hmm. really well um, with the clothing brands and stuff. They get to transform the gallery into mm -hmm. something that fits their capsule, okay. which is like their theme of their release. Yeah. A lot. One time we had a Valentine's one with Raiz, and it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then we had the one just now, it was for Brigade, and they had a theme of uh, red and blue and caution tape, and I think it was, it was called Stardust, and we had mm -hmm. a, an anatomy skeleton that was in a spacesuit, mm -hmm. and they were selling skateboards and clothing, so it kind of gave this atmosphere when they walked in, and a lot of people didn't recognize the space, yeah, awesome. so that was kind of yeah. cool, because mm -hmm. it gives a whole other uh, atmosphere, mm -hmm. and um, what we're working on in, in March is turning to do a black-white show, mm -hmm. and that was one of those things uh uh, I was sitting down with Robert Bean and Diane Harper, so yeah. that's, that one's going to be neat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. We have to trans transform that place into a black light mm -hmm. room, yeah. so a couple of lava lamps and some bean bags, hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that'll be fun. <laughs> Let's talk about Icebox. So they've done Icebox before at Gallery 360? Yes, okay. the first one was at Gallery 360, and um, it had a lot of the artists that were close to me, mm -hmm. and... Um, my girlfriend at the time, but now wife. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it was, she had a treasure trove of friends that were just amazing artists. Mm -hmm. um, Jordan and Brian Wolf, you know, mm -hmm. Ike Plumley. Mm -hmm. And um, this is really fascinating. I picked, I bought maybe like a dozen Michaels frames mm -hmm. and I gave three to a few artists. And I said, just put some paper and like draw on some paper and put it in there. We have Elgin and Leo, which I'm wearing his sweatshirt right now. And he's an artist that was out of New Orleans mm -hmm. and he was here. I thought he moved here, mm -hmm. and then he went back to New Orleans, and then he just became this mogul of internet and madness, and mm -hmm. got me onto Elo, and he did Port Culture, and the he's out in Las Vegas right now, but he went out to LA, mm -hmm. and he's he's just doing the art thing, mm -hmm. and he's a curator and an artist, and he's mm -hmm. we we love. Pen pal, you know, mm -hmm. we're like he's my favorite pen pal. Aww. So mm -hmm. it's one of the, I have a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, that's and neat. it's it's really fun to watch him grow. And he asks me questions, I ask him questions, mm -hmm. and we work together on things. Mm -hmm. uh, we did a collaboration T-shirt last year. Mm -hmm. That was fun. Yeah, um, it was really fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I want to do another one, but yeah, just that got in all that show like Icebox, mm -hmm. the first one taught me how to do these things, taught me how to hang and frame and like make sure the labels are right, mm -hmm. kind of give my own like niche to mm -hmm. it. 
and then down the line I just find more artists involved because some people's like can I be an icebox I'm like mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm doing another one and then now I'm doing four yeah this <laughs> is icebox four yeah yeah and you know I did one uh, with the help of um, Emily Claire Brown and Allison Trailer I did mm-hmm. one in the past called Pressure okay and it was a really fabulous printmaking show mm-hmm. without trying we got every aspect of printmaking in one mm-hmm. show wow from That's a lot awesome. of different artists and mm-hmm. it was it was in, fascinating show yeah we got to hang with different alternative hanging methods mm-hmm. with magnets and stuff okay so we had to figure that one out so then fun. curating is you find the artists you have to hang them in the show mm-hmm. and then you have to market it and then you have to be there and help them sell their work is that what goes the opening curating? nights okay and then afterwards if someone wanted to make an appointment to come in and then sometimes it, you make most of your sales at opening night but a lot of times people don't want to fork over enough money to buy the piece right off the, mm-hmm. the bat. So what I'm thinking is layaway options, but also I want people to come in and I want to tell them about the artist and so the artist doesn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I will sell that piece. And it's one of those things where Gallery 360 this year for, for the 2019 stint is taking a smaller percentage because of the GoFundMe. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have to sell work to make rent. Mm-hmm. Like, the rent's already kind of there. Yeah. It's just I want to make sure the artist understands, like, what the curators and galleries and the relationship between those mm-hmm. two really... It's Again, it's professional development and education. Yeah. But then getting prepared for 50-50. Because mm-hmm. that's coming. If you want to be a professional artist, 50-50 is a thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, you're going to have to take that hit. But mm-hmm. if you have a show and you sell three pieces at 50-50, it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, keeps the lights on in the place and they're selling your work yeah they're representing your work when you're not yeah so and it becomes this really big relationship and it's not a money grab Mm -hmm. it's about moving art and getting it out of your room or Mm -hmm. your studio because i'm sitting on years of art Mm -hmm. that i just don't think will sell yeah so i'm sure everybody else is Mm -hmm. and i want to get an avenue where people can come in and and buy art and eventually the contemporary art will become the established art mm-hmm. eventually and then you know and the next generation will come up and the next generation will come up but we want to have a spot for that for this for ours yeah not just young art but just young artists in general mm-hmm. understanding the whole process and what other people bring to the table because it, it doesn't sound like you're against bigger galleries or corporate Absolutely. galleries no. it's how do we educate and get people prepared how do we give people a chance here and then let them move on as they grow absolutely i'm trying to take away what ifs mm-hmm. or hows um like I want them to know that CVs and resumes and stuff is important because mm-hmm. it was taught to me that way. Mm-hmm. This stuff's important. Yeah. And to enter jury shows and dealing with rejection. You know, mm-hmm. I've been rejected more times than I've been accepted, but mm-hmm. I was accepted a few times, and that makes all the difference. Because mm-hmm. I wouldn't be here if, you know, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't, wasn't accepted in Small Works twice, mm-hmm. you know, or like the tracks exhibit in Texarkana. Mm-hmm. Those, those really pushed me into being more progressive in my professional abilities and not just throwing stuff on the paper and being like, yeah, I'm an artist. No, mm-hmm. I was like critiquing my own work now. Mm-hmm. You know? So I want to give that option. Yeah. But I also want to be the person that I didn't have, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. being, you know, asking questions and, you know, just randomly talking to somebody and finding out mm-hmm. and then trying to contain your excitement because you're like, I found out who yeah. this is, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> and they like my work, you know, mm-hmm. trying to be cool, but not, you know, because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's emotional. It's a lot of work and stuff. Yeah. You're pouring so much of your heart and soul into something and yeah. then 
for that to be rejected, it feels like you personally have been yeah. knocked down. Yeah, or like it's why do they they did it on purpose? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like no, they didn't. Like yeah. it just didn't fit. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. it just happens. Mm-hmm. But you know, out of the blue, sometimes you get a huge commission from a third party curator from Colorado when they want you to do something in Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. And that was that was wild to me. I had no yeah. idea. I thought it was a scam. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> that was my first one ever and mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know how to do this, you know, mm-hmm. but I I thanks to Art Outfitters and thanks to other things, it was mm-hmm. the best thing ever. You know, it really helped. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, having that there, <laughs> yeah, and that makes all the difference. Yep. After a hundred no's, you finally get that that one yes, yes, and it, it helps. It just and it was the weirdest thing how they found me. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't find me through the Arkansas registry. They mm-hmm. found me through my big cartel page. Mm-hmm. So it's another thing I want to do is a workshop on online because mm-hmm. I've had a big cartel for years now mm-hmm. and I didn't have to pay anything. It's still just bare bones, but mm-hmm. yet it still was able to incorporate oh, yeah. the. Mm-hmm. The digital aspect of marketing and stuff mm-hmm. so yeah yeah i'm gonna try yeah. to do a workshop on that mm-hmm. i'm still struggling to teach i did my first workshop not too long ago about cyanotype mm-hmm. so that was really fun and i found oh i could do this mm-hmm. you know because i was prepared yeah <laughs> so just got to be more prepared yes can, you can't always yeah. bring stuff <laughs> well does icebox four have a theme other than being the all-women show, mm-hmm. I like to have a show in January because, one, not a lot of stuff is happening in January, mm-hmm. and it sets off these artists that have chosen for the year with a show. Mm-hmm. So if anything, you put some gas in their tank, you know, mm-hmm. to, like, get them going and moving. Um, a lot of the artists on there are already great. Like, mm-hmm. I've only chosen them because they inspired me to be better, mm-hmm. and I'm a high collector of some of these people's work, especially in the ceramics. I don't know why. <laughs> I love ceramics. Functional yeah. and beautiful. Some of them are not functional. Some oh, okay. of them are just beautiful <laughs> okay. and mm-hmm. rare or one of a kind in their mm-hmm. way. Like I was hunting uh, Jennifer Perrin's, uh, those head jars, mm-hmm. and through a picture I found a speckled one. I was like, that was mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like the first one at her studio sale at her house. I was like 11 o'clock in the morning. Like, <laughs> I'm here for my speckled head. <laughs> and I was like, this is mine. And it's been <laughs> on my shelf. Of, mm-hmm. And I look at it every day and it inspires me to be more comfortable in my own realm of creating and mm-hmm. you know i think little rock has these people mm-hmm. and icebox is made to do that mm-hmm. to set you off in the beginning of the year with a good resume like even if you're just beginning your cv looks great because you're mm-hmm. in a show with professionals or mm-hmm. you're in a professional gallery setting and all this other stuff like it really set me off when i had my first show like mm-hmm. I, so i want that to happen <laughs> it's like the per- perfect way to do it mm-hmm. in January. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. And so you're going to give Gallery 360 a solid year mm-hmm. and see what happens and yeah. kind of make decisions from there. Um, probably by September, mm-hmm. I'll know exactly what's going to happen to 360. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to go away. I've tried to make it go away. It just came back like three times. <laughs> like yeah. The, yeah, the haunted thing that yep. you just can't throw out. <laughs> I really would like to open up dialogue between either Thea or arts council mm-hmm. and spread the idea of having an events gallery that could be run you know financially mm-hmm. stable but also mm-hmm. in an area where the art walk can benefit mm-hmm. but also run events galleries for the uh, high schools mm-hmm. so they can have scene shows mm-hmm. or start teaching the high school students how to the, like they can come in on a field trip and work yeah. in professional development that way yeah. or the zine and the books that i like to mm-hmm. make too and teach that as well i did a couple of talks at the stem with mm-hmm. 
East End. Um, and hopefully I'll get over to Parkview sooner or later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Their art club is amazing, so mm-hmm. I want to be able to talk to them and get a space ready for that, like mm-hmm. the AYA or just all this other stuff that happens in Little Rock that doesn't have a... They need mm-hmm. a little event gallery. They need yeah. a space that, that can bend and move and work with the Latino Art Project and I want to work with the Mosaic Templars and I want to work with everybody. Bring communities together. Yeah, not just, yeah, I want to break the little circles. I want to make a big circle, but also show that art is so much more inviting when everyone's invited. (laughs) It's like everyone everyone's making great art and everyone's showing great art. It needs to happen more often Mm -hmm. and it needs to like, like, happen across the river mm-hmm. that needs to happen more needs to happen so yeah. the downtown is catching up to the, the attitude of Little Rock so mm-hmm. I feel like if I get in there next year or in 2019 at the end of 2019 I feel like I could be there for the rest of Little Rock's tenure you know whatever mm-hmm. it, I just want it to be an establishment mm-hmm. and a learning facility if anything yeah. mm-hmm. way to to curve people into making more more art professional choices and becoming more of a career artist, you know, because yeah. then they can teach it to, you know, maybe we'll get an MFA here or something, you know, because yeah. we don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of nurses and lawyers, which are great professions. But Absolutely. There are other careers too that are viable. I think trades and, and, and arts are the next renaissance. You know, mm-hmm. it's like we have to have people that build stuff and make stuff with their hands because we, we we're not going to appreciate it in the future. Yeah. You know, we need woodworkers and we need metalsmiths and we need like, and we keep losing them to better places. Mm, mm-hmm. I would, you know, we lost a lot of great artists to better places, and that's great for them. But it's like uh, we need someone to take their place. Mm-hmm. And we have the art centers, museum school mm-hmm. has a great lineup of instructors right now. And I personally know some of them, mm-hmm. <laughs> just amazing people mm-hmm. that put their time in. So and they're getting they're getting their just rewards, mm-hmm. but it's just awesome that they're laying out the foundation for others. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's cool to watch it grow. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And where can people find you if they want to learn more about Gallery 360 or your art? I am mostly primarily on Instagram, and my full name Matthew Castellano A R T, and Gallery 360 is um, L R underscore 360. I tried to make it as simple as possible so they can find it. Awesome. And that's on Instagram. I can run Instagram a lot easier from my phone. And I'm working on getting the Facebook page changed over to me, the admin. I just mm-hmm. can't figure that one out yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then websites and stuff are hit or miss. You know, okay. um, mm-hmm. Definitely if we decide to do more years involved with 360, then, yeah, the website will come and then you know, all that stuff later. But now it's more like yeah. word of mouth and mm-hmm. local. It's not for others, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not yet. More and more people will find out about it eventually. Yeah. <laughs> One step at a time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a mess, but you know it's getting clearer and clearer every day. Yeah. Why I'm doing it, and again, if I like I said before, I tried to get rid of it, and it just <laughs> came back. It's like I'm not doing this anymore, and yeah. then people are like, please. Uh, so how do how about, how do we get a show at 360? I was like, <laughs> all right. If you insist. Yeah. Well, Matthew, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you today. Uh, those are all of my questions. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? Mm, there is a GoFundMe um, okay. for for Gallery 360. Um, you can look it up as Gallery 360 at the GoFundMe site. It's pretty easy to find. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really is just if you wanted to give a couple of dollars, it really is going to a good cause. Uh, mm-hmm. You can read a manifesto there that kind of has what I went through and mm-hmm. the reason for starting 360, like solid, mm-hmm. being involved with it. 
um, I did have some family situations, so mm-hmm. it really opened my eyes up. Like, this is what I need to do. Mm-hmm. You stop making excuses and start making it work. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you can read that, and if they decide to share it, it's just one of those things. I don't expect people. I've, I've already made half my goal, mm-hmm. and for for what it's worth, that's going to carry us as long as it can. As mm-hmm. long as I'm working at it, it will carry us for years. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, it's definitely something that will help push just the marketing of artist work. I, I, I pay for all the postcards and stickers, and I try to make it easy for the artists to come in and, and enjoy them, themselves showing their work so they don't have to worry about anything but dropping off the work and then coming to the opening. That's mm-hmm. it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that helps a lot. This has been Sustaining Craft with my special guest today, Matthew Castellano of Gallery 360. And this podcast would not be possible without the help of friends, including Local Magazine, which supports the local community and artisans. Original music by Jim Chiago of Nomad Neighbors. Catch them playing around Denver most weekends. And on iTunes and Spotify under 7 Second Chance. And audio editing by Joshua Kurtz. Matthew, before we sign off completely, do you have advice for an up-and-coming artist who's wanting to get into a gallery or trying to get their work out there, what would you say to them? Keep at it. <laughs> Do it a lot. Work a lot on your work. Uh, think about it a lot. Reflect a lot. You know, there's art is yourself and you're hanging a piece of yourself on the wall when you do that. So make sure that it is you. you don't, don't put any facades up. <laughs> be yourself about it. Make sure it's you, not anybody else. <laughs>